Hello and thanks for listening to Behind the Brand, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of some of Australia's most exciting small business success stories. I'm your host, Jen LA, a serial entrepreneur who loves talking all things small business. Each week, I'll sit down with an incredible founder and ask them to share it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly, on my mission to find out exactly what it takes to run a successful small business. From startups to scale-ups and international success stories, you'll hear it all right here on Behind the Brand. If you love what you're hearing and want more, find me on Instagram and TikTok at behindthebrand.podcast. Of course, sharing the good vibes is always appreciated. Share this episode on your stories or leave a podcast review. A little bit of love goes a long, long way. But for now, sit back, relax and enjoy while I take you behind the brand. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday and welcome to another episode of Behind the Brand. Today, I'm talking all things activewear with a cult label known for its incredible product, inclusive sizing, and the amazing celebrities who have been spotted in the clothing, including JLo and Lizzo. This brand is none other than Stax, and my guest is Matilda Murray, who co-owns the brand with her now husband, Don. I know you will love today's episode as much as I loved recording it, so let's get straight into the episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am really excited, and I've given a bit of background to you before we even started chatting about how I came to know the brand, but for people who may not, can you tell me a little bit about you and the brand you work with? Of course. So thank you for having me, Jen. I'm very excited. I am the co-owner of Stax. So Stax is a fitness, fashion, activewear brand. I live in Sydney. I own the business with my now husband and it's predominantly online, but we literally just opened our first retail store uh, just over a week ago, a pop-up store in Sydney. So yeah, we're all online worldwide global and now we have our first brick and mortar store in Sydney too which is just like crazy oh, okay. so so I'm gonna need to ask you about that but I'll do it in a little bit so yes. you just said you own the brand with your now husband congratulations Don and so Don Thank started you. the brand in 2015 and then you met Don shortly after and joined the brand so tell me yes. what you would do what you were doing in 2015 before activewear became your life Yeah. So my background is recruitment and I was working in recruitment for like seven years or something. Like as soon as I turned 18, I got a job as a receptionist in a recruitment agency. Looking back and now realize I was, I was thrilled to land this job. Like I remember even texting my ex-boyfriend and I was like, I've made it. I've got a full-time salary, like blah, blah, blah. I was getting paid $21,000 a year. I was about to say, I bet it was 38,000 or something like that. No, 21K. And obviously that's why I got the job because I don't think anyone else would have accepted the money. But anyway, I thought I was balling. I was like living my best money. life. Yep. It does, yeah. And I worked. Like I was working for that 21K. Mm-hmm. So that, thankfully, I got a little bit of a pay increase. I worked my way up in the world of recruitment. I was an account manager and a senior recruiter. Mm-hmm. Before meeting Don, we worked next door to each other on St. George's Terrace, which is like the main CBD street in Perth. 
um, he worked in a supplement store. He was managing a supplement store and I wasn't really like a fitness girl, but I would just like come in to buy a protein bar at lunchtime. And I ended up going in every day at lunchtime to flirt with Mm. the cute supplement (laughs) store boy. So um, I had no idea what Stacks was. I feel like I was maybe one of the few girls that went into the store that didn't know about Stacks. And I was like a bit standoffish to Don, I think. So I was uh, not into the brand. I was like, oh, it's selling a pair of tights for a living. Like, it's fine. I'm going to be like a boss bitch and do my recruitment. Like, you can sell your tights. And we ended up dating. And again, I had zero interest in stacks whatsoever. Um, so that's funny to say that now yeah. because like, well, it's, it's been like six yeah. years on and it is my entire world. So yeah, I'm recruitment background. I only just left recruitment a couple of years ago. I was balancing both like full-time stacks pretty much and full-time recruitment for as long as we could really. So when you meet Don, come boyfriend and girlfriend, he's got this business what made you go, you know what I'm going to do with my brand new boyfriend, get into business? Like this is a really solid idea. What made you think that? No, it took a long time. Like honestly, when we first met, he gave me this. Instagram wasn't a thing. Like I had, I think I had like 12 pictures on Instagram and it was all the same selfie because I thought it was an editing app. And like Don was kind of in the Instagram world. He knew about it and he's like, yeah, take these tights and like take a sexy pic for Instagram. I'll reshare it on Stack's page. And I was like, Okay, like that's weird, but sure. Had no idea about like the Instagram life. I hated the tights, absolutely hated the tights, but Don was cute, so I did what he said and took a pic for him. But when we started dating, I was not like I never planned to kind of fall into it. Like I said, I thought my recruitment job was for me. It was like a safe corporate mm-hmm. career. Both my parents uh, were school teachers. Mm-hmm. So they're both retired now. They were school teachers and principals. And, you know, I always thought that I was in a safe corporate job and that's what you should do. So it did take a while. Like I ended up, Don and I moved pretty quickly in terms of our relationship. But I ended up like working stacks any spare moment I could just really to support Don. Mm-hmm. Like we fell in love. I wanted to help him out. He was working so often. So I kind of jumped on board with him. And in turn, I ended up falling falling in love with the brand and contributing my ideas to the brand and I yeah I started like having my own thoughts and wanting my own like vision mm-hmm. to come out through it as well and that's how I finally well I kind of fell into it I don't think I ever planned it that mm-hmm. way I didn't think like here's my new boyfriend let's make a business together mm-hmm. like that's absolutely not what happened mm-hmm. and I stayed in my corporate job for years so I didn't like I'm not a risk taker in that yeah. sense like I wouldn't have been like quit my job like do this with my new boyfriend because like what if we break up what mm, if this happens? Yeah, exactly. um, so yeah it was a slow kind of process and Don never pushed me into it either um, so he never like made me kind of get on board it's just something that happened organically and I guess if Don's working full-time or have many hours at the supplement store this would have been and as so many business owners know especially when you're starting out and you've got a side business that becomes all your spare time. That's your social life time. Yeah. That's your downtime after dinner. It becomes your life. So by being part of that with him, it's almost like something you're bonding over and doing together, right? And I'm sure you would have wanted to help him out seeing how much he would have been working outside of his, yeah, his job. That's literally what happened. Like I just wanted to help him out and I wanted to hang out with him. And both of our, just like we both love fashion. So, and I loved fashion before I met mm-hmm. Don. So it was definitely like, both of our hobbies and it ended up being a way that we could like do a side hustle as well. So yeah, so that's that's how that all started. I think as well, 
having a female touch because when Don was first mm. releasing, like working on Stacks, it was predominantly women's activewear, but he didn't really have a woman behind the business mm. either. And he says that now as well. He's like, just having that like woman's opinion and you know what girls want, you know what they like, really changed the game as well. And I started being more active on social. I started seeing people loving the brand and I started understanding the power that something can have, like a brand, a community, things like that. And that helped me, well, contributed to me falling in love with the business even more so. Well, that's what I wanted to ask. Where do you think your biggest influences, you, well, where you influenced the brand the most was? Do you think it was in the whole apparel, like the design and making stuff that suits women's bodies? And is I guess it's a thing Don's probably not wearing them to the gym as a girl, given that he's not. So was that mm-hmm. kind of where you felt your influence was strongest or...? I think so. And I think just being able to relate to women a little bit more, they were more confident to kind of chat to me about what they liked and what they didn't mm-hmm. like in tights, in activewear. When we first, when I first met Don, he wasn't really doing photo shoots or anything like that. Like it was a very, very small mm-hmm. brand. So when I came on board, even the fact like having a woman at a photo shoot, like if we're shooting girls, you, there should be a girl at the shoot. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like just to make people feel comfortable. And I think it's just little things like that. Like I'm sure there's many of them, but little things like that really helped to kind of elevate the brand because I was a connection between Don, who is still the designer today, and the community or the customers that were shopping. Yeah, actually, that would be really intimidating, I guess. As a, not that I've done any modeling in my time, but walking <laughs> into a modeling shoot and it's all guys, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would be intimidating. In those early days, what were the problems you guys were overcoming? Because I guess when you're starting and trying to scale, that comes with a lot of issues. What did those early days look like for you guys? What fires were you putting out? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, the factories, like literally paying for the product. So, we started on a pre-sale model. So, this was like predominantly John's idea, a pre-sale model where we would design the product, John would design the product, go out to the customers, try and make these sales. Um, And then once we got the sales, then the factory would start working. So we'd pay for the product upfront because we didn't have any money. When I met John, he was $80,000 in debt. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have, I mean, I was working in recruitment, but you know, none of us come, neither of us come from money. So we didn't have money to buy the product. And in a product-based business, you need obviously a product to sell. So um, we're lucky that we had that relationship with people where people would trust us enough to do pre-sale. But there's one point where the factory, we did pre-sale and we put in this order, but the factories then decided they needed more money up front. And they just completely, because we were new to the business, they just completely changed the term. So then, you know, we couldn't afford to buy the product anymore. And things like that happened so often. But instead of, you know, taking it as a negative and like throwing a tantrum, we just learned how to improve every single time. So it was really financial at the start. Like we've never had any investors to this day. Like we're still, mm-hmm. we are still hustling and trying, like it's just the two of us. We do have staff, but obviously it's just Don and I running the company. So literally just coming up with the money and predicting the demand is like something that is still is still a massive juggle for us. I could imagine and I've been there. Honestly, my business that I had that I got rid got rid of, that sounds bad, that I sold in 2018, I, at the like worst of it, I think my personal debt in business loans, but they were against me as a, like as a sole business owners, were about $90,000. And when you're, and yeah. I was working part-time on the side as well, because I still had to pay rent, right? I still had to eat. I still had to put petrol in my car. It's a really difficult place to be. Did that did that affect your relationship or anything like that, having that kind of hanging over your head or could you see the bigger picture and, and knew it was going to be all right? 
So the personal loan was so the the debt was on Don. Mm-hmm. I don't think I knew about it no, when I first met yeah. Don. I think he definitely was mm, fighting those battles privately. Yeah. He had just come out of like a different relationship. Like there was a whole lot going mm-hmm. on. He was suffering depression. There was there was a mm-hmm. lot. So I don't think he really opened up and shared that mm-hmm. with me. But I was well aware of like you know for a little while I was carrying the both of us through my recruitment salary. That was never like really hanging over my head or anything like that. I've always just been someone who's just going to make it work. Mm. So it's not like we ever really talked about the negative side Mm. of it. We were just like, this is what it is. Let's move on. I don't remember him like coming to me and being like, I have all this debt or anything like that. Like I somehow just worked it out. You need to sit down, Um, Matilda. We need to have a discussion. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember that happening and I feel like I would have. But yeah, we just. It, is, it was what it was and we just kind of made it work and it made us work harder as well. I feel like if we were just like cruising along, had money in the bank, you know, came from a wealthy background, anything like that, there wouldn't be the hustle. Like we literally worked every spare second we could. I worked before work. I was I was the model for Stacks because we didn't have budget for a real model. So I would literally do photo shoots at 5am before going to my recruitment job. And then like I said, Don worked next door. So on my lunch break, I'd go into the, don't tell my boss, but I go into like Don's back up the back room of the supplement store and jump on the computer and work on stacks until like two minutes before my lunch break was over. And I'd like literally run back to my desk. And then after work, Don would finish an hour later than me. So I would go back to the supplement store out the back and keep working again. So I would literally spend, and both of us would spend every spare second we had. And on the weekends as well, like we were doing photo shoots every single Saturday, every single Sunday. And only recently we realized that we can book photo shoots during the week. <laughs> like we we kept, even when we both were just working, we kept booking shoots on Saturdays. And like we literally had this realization. We were like, hold on, wait, this is our actual job now. Like we can do yeah. shoots during Th- the week. This and is like work. we literally realized that, yeah, like a year ago or something, I was like, oh, we don't actually have to do this on the weekends anymore. Like it's okay. It's, it's acceptable. So yeah, it's so funny. It's funny how it takes over your life and I completely resonate. I mean, it's four o'clock when we've made this appointment, this meeting. I've worked all day. I did a podcast edit before work, got up early and got it done this morning. It's just that's I guess that's kind of what you have to do. And I know there's a lot of like people, there's a lot of pushback on glamorizing the hustle, but I think sometimes it's like just being realistic about it, that it actually it's, no one's saying it's glamorous running, you know across to the supplement store on your lunch break but it's sometimes what you have to do to build the brand right yeah definitely and I think you're definitely right about glamorizing the hustle I don't think people mean to do it like the the fact is like as soon as I wake up I like I check my phone I'm working Mm -hmm. I'm checking my Mm -hmm. emails I know that you're like not supposed to do that and you're supposed to like have time off your phone but I can't do that to run my business like I go to bed with my phone next to me as well and I'm still replying to emails any time that an email needs to be replied to and I guess like it's there's a fine line between like promoting that like jumping on Instagram be like oh my god I'm so busy I'm doing this and doing that and people like thinking that you're glamorizing mm-hmm. or making it like look like this is yeah glamorous or the way that it's supposed mm-hmm. to be but sometimes it is just what you have to do mm-hmm. to to make a business run you don't really have the opportunity to switch off and I I'm not complaining about it. Like I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm very glad I'm not working in recruitment anymore and I don't have to sneak into the supplement store on my lunch break <laughs> to do a second job, you know. Yeah. But it is what it is. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's true. And I think that's that's where the line is. I know I think people need to be realistic. It's it's not an overnight thing and, you know, sometimes 
it can be glamorized and look like it's an overnight thing, but it takes a lot of work. And that's kind of why I do this podcast is everyone who tells their story, they go through exactly what you've just described. It's, it's a real, it is a real hustle. Let's talk about the yeah. early days in gaining customers, making sales. When you joined, how were, in terms of sales, was it growing slowly or did you have something that really spiked sales or anything like that? What were the early days like? It was very slow. Yeah. So John and I were both working full-time still when we met and when Stacks was early. And then we had set a target of when Don could go full-time mm-hmm. Stacks. And it was like making sure we were making a certain amount of sales every single day. Um, consistently as well. Like I said, I'm not like a massive risk taker where I'm just going to mm-hmm. be like, quit my job, done. Like I'm an entrepreneur yeah. now. Like that's definitely not how I am. So he had a certain target to me before he could leave his full-time job. And then I had a certain target to meet before I mm-hmm. could leave my full-time job. So it, it took a while. We did a lot of pop-ups in Perth, pop-ups, like like gym activation, pop-ups. <laughs> I said pop-up store because that's what we're doing now in mm-hmm. Sydney, but completely different mm-hmm. scale, obviously, like little gym activation. Like a, where a little whale? Um, a rack. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would do that. We would we just said yes to everything. And I think that's how we ended up finding ourselves so busy as well over the weekends and that. We would literally be involved with anything we could in the community. And we ended up having a really great support system in Perth. Um, a lot of customers um, were obsessed with the brand. Perth is very much like if you're in Perth, you want to support mm-hmm. Perth, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. It's such a great community. So we were very lucky in that sense. But yeah, I don't think there was like a massive spike when we first started. It was definitely like very slow. Mm-hmm. Someone said to me the other day, like it, you're, it's, they called us an overnight success and I thought about it and I was like, yeah, it's taken like seven yep. years to be an overnight yep. success. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there was no, at the start, there was really nothing that kind of like spiked it there. It took a long time for John to quit his job and then a long time for me to quit my job as well. It's I always think of this quote, oh, this shows how cool I am not. I swear <laughs> it was like Jay-Z and it said something, the genius thing we did is we just didn't give up. And that's the yeah. thing, seven years, that's a long time to be, you know, to be mm. really kind of churning away at it. When you moved, so you've obviously moved over to Sydney. When you moved, was yeah. that a personal decision or was that a business decision or a bit of both? Yeah, so um, we, it was predominantly business. Yeah. We I used to compete, so I did a little bit of bodybuilding mm-hmm. and the shows were like in Gold Coast or Sydney and Gold Coast was like our first pick, but because I was still working in recruitment when we moved over to Sydney three years ago now, I got a work transfer. So it's like God's plan because Sydney is definitely where we are happy and where we we're supposed to always yeah. be, I think. But we were originally thinking of Gold Coast, but work could transfer me across to Sydney. Mm-hmm. So we went with that. And yeah, work was fantastic because they understood that my, that my last job I was in was fantastic because they understood that Stacks was my passion. Obviously, I put in as much effort as I could in my recruitment mm-hmm. position. But they knew that it wasn't going to be a long-term thing for me, yeah. which I'm like so grateful for mm-hmm. because they allowed me to transfer they allowed me to drop back to part-time. They allowed this kind of thing to go on and they're like so supportive. My old CEO is so supportive of us now and she's someone that I really look to as well. Don and I often say like, what would Michaela do like in the mm-hmm. situations, you know, because there's like now Don and I are CEOs and we haven't had any training in that. So we're still learning, mm-hmm. but I'll call her or I think, what would Michaela do? And yeah, it's, we're very blessed to have been able to go from Perth to Sydney so smoothly. And in these recent years, say from Sydney onwards, things have started yeah. picking up, obviously. Is there anything in terms of marketing that you've found has really worked for you and started helping gain and mo- and maintain that momentum? 
Totally. So obviously influencer marketing is something we are very big on. And yeah, influencer marketing is fantastic. Whether you love it or hate it, people listen to people on Instagram, Mm -hmm. on YouTube, TikTok now, wherever you find your influencers. So I think, yeah, but making sure you're aligning yourself or we're aligning ourselves with the right kind of people Mm -hmm. too is very important to us because if, you know, there's bad press for someone that's wearing your stuff, it, it doesn't reflect very well on the brand, even if you've had nothing to do with that. So influencer marketing, obviously like Facebook marketing and stuff as well I think Facebook marketing and any term any type of like digital advertising is so beneficial and yeah but I'm going to say influencer marketing kind of gave us that push but also nourishing our community and the returning customers because that's something I love most about Stacks is the community that we've built. I myself have a very strong like girl gang on Instagram and on Facebook and I'm so grateful for those people. You know, we invite them to our celebrity influencer events. We do activations with them like and they're just, you know, customers that have supported us along the way. I think there's a lot of different things. There's the advertising and the marketing, but there's also like looking after your returning customers. Yeah. And talking about influential people wearing your product, I'm going (laughs) to rattle off some names. JLo, oh my God, my absolute queen. Lizzo, love. <laughs> Megan Fox, yep. Addison Ray, they've all been spotted wearing your brand. Yep, how the have. hell does, <laughs> how do you go from I'm working at 21K in recruitment, helping my boyfriend out a few years later to, oh my yep. God, JLo is in our active wear? Like, how does this happen? It's nuts, isn't it? So, I mean, I'm persistent. I DM people. We build relationships with stylists. My job at Stacks is I'm the PR and brand mm-hmm. coordinator. So I manage that side of things. I, yeah, you just reach out and sometimes you get lucky. Most of the time you don't. But the thing is in the celebrity world, if one person is wearing it, it kind of means that it's okay for other people to wear mm-hmm. I don't know when you're in, you're in. I don't know if that. It does. Okay. I don't want that to sound the wrong way. I know what you mean because I say this all the time and everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, Jen, you were gagging for an opportunity to say this again. And it's (laughs) like the movie. Oh, my God. What's it called? Never been kissed when she's trying to be cool at the school and no one thinks she's cool. Then her brother comes in (laughs) and he says she's cool. It takes one cool person to say you're cool, then you're cool. That is my theory. That is my theory on PR. I have a PR degree. I don't care about any of that. This is a PR degree in one sentence. Yeah, literally mm-hmm. spot on. Yep, 100%. So, yeah, it's crazy sometimes like the, you know, we also get people ordering. I can't say yeah, names, but we get people ordering and John and I will be like, no, surely not. Like it's, <laughs> you like, it's a big order, it? right? Uh, okay, that's no. what I would do. <laughs> I would, I would do. <laughs> no, I do. I, I do. But, but I I'll do, do like, a, like um, a street view as well. I'll be like, let me just check yeah, this out. You want to have yeah. a look? No, but it'll be a big order usually. So we kind of like, we're like, oh, we like say thank you, God, every time we get an order in, like no matter, like the notifications are always on mm-hmm. our phone. And so we'll see the prices that come, the sales mm-hmm. that come through. And if it's a big order, we'll like check the order to have yeah. a look. Like, oh, who, what did they buy? Blah, blah, blah. Whose discount code did they use? Things like mm-hmm. that. And we'll see the name sometimes. And Don and I will be like, surely not. Like, and a lot of the time it is, which is just crazy. So yeah, it's, it's insane to think that we have those relationships and those connections with some people. It's absolutely surreal, but it's a whole like a whole nother hmm, set of rules because like if celebrities get papped in our stuff, we can't post it. Like I didn't mm. know this. I only learned like, this Getty images and that they own it. That's their copyrighted images. It. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like been a lot of sightings that we can't actually share. Mm-hmm. And because then they follow, like I can't share on my personal either because like they follow me. Mm-hmm. So if I posted it, then 
they would catch me mm-hmm. out on it. You know what I mean? Like it's such a it's it opens like a whole different world, which is crazy. Can you share what they um, post on social media though, because that becomes public. Yes, becomes if they do content. it themselves. Yes. Yeah. If they take a step, so like literally, if someone's like pabbed, mm-hmm. I'm then like stalking their account. I'm like, please film your workout. Mm-hmm. Please film your workout. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to see it. So yeah, it's crazy to think that that's like a whole nother yeah. set of rules that we've had to learn. But do you know that? celebrities who are papped they can't post those photos either so if getty images that's a really big one takes photos that's their copyright and they can get sued for posting photos of themselves but because they're not the ones who took it it is insane it's mental right like i couldn't believe that and then like also if a news article like if news write about Mm -hmm. us and they use those pictures we still can't post Mm -hmm. that news article because it has those pictures in like it's just Mm -hmm. it's so crazy so there's like all these things you have to learn constantly Mm -hmm. when you're running a business it's a good problem to have I'm absolutely not complaining about that but yeah it's just like who would have thought I just the thought of seeing JLo in a product not that I have any product to sell JLo but I would just die (laughs) I would absolutely die oh my god it was mental it was like yeah and that's pretty gifting can't believe it still pinching stylist yeah very gifting Amazing. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. Okay. That's really, really cool. I don't, I don't <laughs> feel like okay, JLo has worn your product and I'm talking to you, so I've got like three degrees of separation to JLo. So totally. Thanks, we're for, all thanks for bringing me closer. That's great. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> now, let's talk about one thing. And I think this is part of the reason is also Lizzo wears your product. And obviously, Lizzo wears plus size clothing. A big mm-hmm. part of Stacks is inclusivity. And and I've said, like, can say this totally from experience. Years ago, the activewear space is just not a place for curvy, plus-size, mid-size people. I remember there was an activewear brand, like they're, I won't say their name, but they're very, like they're big and they've like been around for a billion years. And I remember mm. being like, oh, I just need to lose some weight so I can wear their activewear because I couldn't really fit Which in Which makes it. no sense. Yeah, I know, right? That, because like, That literally makes exactly. no sense. Yeah. And now it's kind of like, yes, look at Lizzo in this crop and shorts and she's doing the splits or whatever she was doing in her yes. set. So tell me about the inclusivity part of your brand because I love that and I think it's so important for brands to have something deeper than just we're here to make money. Why is yeah. this so important to you guys? Because you stock up to, so 4XL or a 20, is that correct when I say that? Yeah, t- about a 24. Oh, so wow, okay. It would go double extra small to 4XL. Yeah, amazing. Why yeah. is this important to you guys? Because it's expensive. Like we call it what it is. It's expensive. It's not a cheap way yeah. to do it. It is. We, I think it comes back down to community. Like inclusivity is just so important because like we literally want to cater to our mm-hmm. community. There is no point having like only size, doing a size run for a particular person. Mm-hmm. Like when, when we think of someone like, I don't know how to say it, the stacks, the stacks person or the stacks girl mm-hmm. or whatever, like that person doesn't exist. Don and I don't stereotype mm-hmm. in that sense. You know how people think they, they're like, who is your like a customer? Ideal customer? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. We are totally, and it's funny, it might be, it's not controversial controversial to say, but it might kind of be a different opinion to what most people have is I don't believe mm-hmm. in that. Like the Stacks customer is every single person mm-hmm. and that's what we need to cater towards. And I just die at the idea of someone jumping online and made to feel shit about themselves because they can't fit in clothes. Mm-hmm. And especially in clothes that are meant to make you like be healthier, be fitter, feel good mm-hmm. about yourself as activewear. Mm-hmm. So that's just so important to us. Like, yeah, diversity, inclusivity, like all of that is just something we are both so passionate about. And yeah, literally just comes back to making clothes for our community. And our community truly is every single person out there. We're not just targeting one type of person. And that's the thing. 
celebrities are wearing us and the everyday girl mm-hmm. is wearing us and it's still that affordable, we like to call it affordable luxury. And I love the fact that you can look at a celebrity like JLo and be like, I feel like you imagine her to be like decked out in designer and she has the ability to be decked out in designer. But no, she's wearing a pair of like $70 tights that range from extra, extra small to 4XL so you can wear them too. And I think that's just like, that's so important to us. Yeah, I love that. And I think it is so important. And the more brands that do it, the better the world is going to be. But I, from a small business, honestly, sometimes I could see if it's a really small business and they're just starting up, I get it. And I can almost cut them a bit of a break because it is, it's expensive to do a larger size run. And then also like I used to work in a retail store. So you'd get like one size six, two eights, three tens, three twelves, two fourteens and a Mm -hmm. 16 would be our standard kind of range because, you know, they, it's hard, I guess, in terms of working with a supplier, right? minimum order quantities and trying to forecast all of that was it challenging to like extend your size range and do that yeah definitely it hasn't hasn't been something that we've been able to do right from the very Mm -hmm. start but it's always been something we've been working towards so we are still looking to extend our size range in like so our best black range which is our staple range it's like our famous best black fabric Mm -hmm. which is in like a range of colors I think there's like 10 Mm -hmm. colors or something now goes from size double extra small to 4xl and then our seamless is extra small to 2 or 3xl so we're still looking to expand the size range on our seamless as well and across the board and even expand expand it more you know if the market calls for it we want to make sure we're catering Mm -hmm. to everyone but you're right it's definitely not something that we could have done at the very start simply because you need to order a specific amount of units at each size Mm -hmm. for factories to go ahead and make Mm -hmm. them and I don't think maybe that's not something that people understand and of course we we don't expect them to but yeah it is that that is kind of how it works so we're definitely looking to like push the boundaries and yeah, the sizes every time. I think we were like the first, I'm going to say we were the first active wear brand in Australia to cater from extra, extra small to 4XL. So we're very proud of You should be. It's really, really (laughs) amazing. And no wonder you are so successful because when you're catering to a market that's been calling out for the product, I mean, it's it's a no-brainer, right? Let's talk about yourself and Don. So you're married now, like I said, congratulations. Yeah, And your business partners and you're living together, all of that. Mm-hmm. Can you switch off? Because are you waking? I often, me and my husband are not in business together, but we're both in mm-hmm. business. I will lie here. I'm interviewing you from my bed. So I'll be lying literally <laughs> where I'm sitting and it'd be like 11.30. I go to bed really early, way before that. And I'll just hit him and I'll be like, Michael, Michael, I've got an idea. Listen to this. Is that yeah. you guys? Yes, it is. People say all the time, like, how do you switch off? Like, how do you, but we don't like, and I guess we are just, I'm so grateful that we're both so passionate about the business because if we weren't, I understand that it would be like a pain in the Mm. ass to have me or him nagging at me about business all the time. I mean, there's sometimes where I don't feel like talking about business, but it is something that we have to do if it's an urgent matter. But at the same time, like sometimes I'll be at the gym and Don will be texting me about business and I'm like, okay, babe, so it's just like, we'll talk about it Mm -hmm. later. Like I just want to do my work. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't happen very often, Mm -hmm. to be honest, because like I said, it's not like, I don't know if it's a good example. It's not like we're in an accounting accounting business together and we're talking about like bank accounts. Mm -hmm, You know what I mean? We're talking about stacks. We're talking about fashion. We're talking about creativity. Mm -hmm. I've just worked out who styles this person and they've replied to mm-hmm. me or they've done this. Like it's exciting mm-hmm. stuff. Maybe accountants find money exciting. So they're that excited about it as well. But like Don and I have this passion for it. So we don't feel like we ever really need to switch off because it is 
what I would talk about if I wasn't doing this anyway. Like I love fashion. I love my community. We'd be doing the same. We'd be talking about the same thing, even if it wasn't like our business. Mm-hmm. Does that make it sense? It does. And that's the word I was going to use. It's it's your passion. It becomes, mm. I think the work life, I know we say work-life balance, but I think it's just creating a work, almost like creating a working lifestyle. It's not so yeah. much a switch on, switch off black and white thing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it is a working lifestyle where sometimes you just have to make those sacrifices to get things done. But like I said, I'm just so glad Don and I do it together because like the amount that we work, if we weren't in a relationship, like it would, de- no, if we were in a relationship with other mm-hmm. people. The, so I think the fact that we are in a relationship is kind of like uh, a bonus for us because it means that we are working 24 seven, mm-hmm. which I'm not trying to no, glamorize no, no, it at no, all. It's, but It's realistic. It's, yeah, yep, I understand. But I love it. I, I genuinely love it. I love what I do and Don does too. So we're very lucky in that sense. But I mean, I feel like if I had a different husband, it would piss him off if I was like working all the yes. time with Don. So, oh, you know. I 100% agree. And like I said, Michael and I are not together in business. He's in construction. Mm-hmm. I'm in PR. But because we're both building something, we can respect what it takes and understand the sacrifices yeah. and yeah, it is. It is sacrifices and it's, yeah, I don't think it needs to be glamorous. I don't think there's that much glamorous about, you know, us, me working on my computer while we're meant to be eating dinner. And, but that's just the reality mm-hmm. of it. Tell me about Paris. <laughs> Paris you've just is got like back Don from and Paris. I's favorite place. Yeah. Yes. A couple of weeks ago. So Don and I's favorite place in the world is Paris. It was originally going to be our honeymoon, but you know, <laughs> the timing of it, it probably wasn't that ideal. We opened our store, our pop-up store, like I said, like just over a week ago. So I had to like my, put my recruitment hat on. I had to hire store staff. We completely renovated the store. We did all this and Don and I were like, yeah, that's great. We'll definitely do it from Paris. Like easy as Zoom interviews. We didn't think about things like the time difference. We didn't think about, you know, coordination. Then we have a whole office to run. I think we've got 45 staff. So it turned into a working holiday and we cancelled calling it our honeymoon and we actually came home early. And I guess then again, that's like work-life balance or sacrifices that you have to make sometimes because the couldn't get everything done being on the other side of the world mm-hmm. so we're just going to do another honeymoon later this mm-hmm. year I feel like we might go like a Amalfi Coast or something like that oh, like cool. something different mm-hmm. and try it again but like again I'm just so grateful that Don and I are on the same page when we were in Paris and we were trying to have this idea as this is our honeymoon like we're not going to work we're going to do this and it just wasn't working it wasn't working mm-hmm. we're like you know what fuck yeah. it let's go home, let's sort all this Mm -hmm. shit out and we'll try it again. And that's very much the way that Don and I live our life as well. There's so much, so much risk. There's so many things that we haven't done before and we give them a go and if they're not working, we pivot. If they're not working, we're not scared to change our mind or to say like, you know what, like that wasn't the right answer. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that people sometimes get stuck on in business as well is they're like, I've made this decision, this is what it has to be. But if it's not working, like, you don't have to commit mm. to it. You don't have to commit to anything in life if it's not working, which is pretty much what happened in Paris. Like Paris was amazing. There were really some beautiful moments, but it did turn into a working holiday. So we ended up cutting it short, coming back, sorting all that shit out here. We'll try again later on. So it's nice to be able to have that freedom mm. as well. I don't have to book annual leave with anyone. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And that's such an entrepreneur yeah. mindset to be like, you know what, we're doing a pop-up store, but you know what, we're going to, we'll just sort it out from Paris. It's no <laughs> big deal. We've got this. We can do this. Oh my How God. We were doing Zoom interviews at like, 
I think it was like 11.30 p.m., Zoom interviews with people like for the store and I was like, yeah, it's probably not the best time to be here. No. Babe, so. Let's talk about the store. So after COVID, you know, everyone's talking about e-commerce blowing up online, e-com businesses going amazingly, how it's been so great for some small businesses. Obviously, I say that knowing full well how horrific it was for a lot of industries. But in terms of the e-com side of things, a lot of people saw a pickup in their business. What made you go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to open a shop. So we just like to do things a little bit differently. Like literally like we thought, well, why not give it a go? Some people, I mean, we we definitely saw an increase in sales when it came to people being in lockdown simply because they're working out from mm-hmm. home. People aren't wearing suits anymore. People are spending their days in activewear, wearing our tights, et cetera. So it didn't come from a space where we were like, we need to make more money. We just simply thought like now that the world is opening up again, let's let people feel our product in person. Let's let people have the stacks experience. And the thing is when you are an online retailer, you don't get, I mean, I'm lucky through Instagram, I have that connection with customers, but the majority of the time when people are contacting an online retailer, it's because they're pissed Mm. off. So they're going to, where's my order? This doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. So they don't have that great stacks experience. And Don and I are very into offering people like an incredible experience and a luxury experience at an affordable brand. We've always taught our our client services team that we want to treat people that email us like a luxury store would treat people walking through the door. Sometimes that's hard because people will email and, you know, they're already pissed off about something. So you're starting on a back foot already. So when the opportunity arose to have a store and have people touch and feel our product in person, try it on, work out their size, because I guarantee you, once you wear a pair of our best black tights, you'll understand why they're called our best black tights. Like they are the best. So the fact that we can give people this opportunity mm-hmm. to try it in person, um, we're like, yeah, let's do it. So we also do a lot of launches, a lot of activations and a lot of events. So we tied all of that into the store. Open. It's been incredible. We are on King Street, uh, 146 King Street in Sydney, CBD. We had people there at 3.30 a.m. in torrential rain lining up for our store opening at 9 a.m. Oh, my gosh. In se- people message me. They're like, I'm coming at 3.30 a.m. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll see you there. They Thank literally sent me pictures of them eating McDonald's outside the store at 3.30 a.m. Like, <laughs> We had thousands of foot tra- thousands of people come into our store on the opening day in torrential rain. You know what Sydney's mm-hmm. been like. And still, it's still pumping. So it's actually insane. And it's my favorite part of my job at the moment. The store is my favorite part of Stacks right now because I just like, I love being able to connect with our, with our uh, customers. I love being able to connect with our supporters. People are flying from Melbourne. They're flying from Brisbane. They're just, like still, like the stores, it's not opening day. Not It's just the store and people are still flying and making that effort. It's crazy. So it's literally just like a fun little project for Don and I and we're going to see how it goes. Maybe we'll do more stores around the country. Maybe we'll make it permanent. Yeah, it's literally just like a everyone's online. So let's do something offline. You're not the first person I've interviewed who's done that this year. An accessories brand have just um, Naked Vice who came on. the last season they've just opened up a store as well but it's about offering I think maybe what we're kind of lacking after COVID and being only online shopping and being at home is that brand experience like I miss that I miss going in and looking and touching and feeling and and having the full branded yeah experience I guess it's the only way to call it isn't it a brand experience versus than just shopping from my couch even though that can be really great obviously it's nice to really enjoy what someone's built and, and feel kind of the personality of the whole brand. 
Totally. And it's nice for people to be able to come in and try things on. And, you know, I'm not bothered if people leave empty handed. They've tried on the product. Mm-hmm. They're hopefully leaving the store loving stacks more mm-hmm. than when they walk in and they'll go shop online and use a honey coat or something, you know, like that's totally cool. But I just want people to have a really great experience in mm-hmm. store. And then, yeah, the people that, are, you know, representing our brand are also making sure that these guys are just loving it. So it's really cool. Like I said, it's I could go on forever about the store. It's my favorite thing at the moment. Amazing. So let's talk about ups and downs. So over the last six years of your journey, there will have undoubtedly been highs and lows. So let's start with the lowest first. Tell me about your lowest low in business and with stacks. And then on the flip side, tell me about your highest high. Okay. So the lowest low, there's been a few. I would say back at the beginning, there was when we were still learning about like trademark, expiring business names, things like that, things lapsing. Um, we actually had uh, someone must have been monitoring our name because you know how you pay for the mm-hmm. trademark and things like that. You own the rights to it and they must have been monitoring uh, when that expired because on the day that it expired, they actually bought Stack's name off us and used it to blackmail us to get into the company. Which is crazy. So Don and I, when this happened, and it was a it was a friend. I say that loosely of Don's, an acquaintance. I never met them. So they had literally been monitoring like when that had lapsed. And Don and I was completely new to this. I didn't even know it could lapse, you know. But this happened. They then contacted us, and it was actually the guy's girlfriend that did it. So we couldn't put two and two together. But you know, I'm I'm a PR girl, just like you. I can put two and two together. We can work it out. So anyway, I they ended up uh, contacting us wanting to kind of they'd give us the name back if we let them have shares in the business. So that didn't happen. Thank John and I like why? we didn't sleep for days. Like we literally were like brainstorming, okay, we're gonna rebrand, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, different name, different this. We'll tell everyone the story so they'll be on our side and we're gonna use this to our advantage, like PR strategically thinking. Thankfully, we didn't have to do any of that. We got a lawyer involved and it was fine. So that was the low. That's but the thing is low. That makes me I could imagine I feel sick thinking about that. I could imagine how awful you must have felt. It was horrible. But the thing is, like I I don't I am such a realist and I move on from things really quickly. I don't know if you can even tell in, in that conversation. Like I'm not emotional about these things. I literally pick up yeah, I pick up. I'm like, okay, cool. So that happened right at the start. Thank God it happened then because like I would die if it happened now. We learn our lesson. We're checking our mm-hmm. dates. Let's move on. So that was a that was a crappy time. Another time when COVID first hit, we didn't really understand what COVID was because it affected China before it affected Australia. Mm-hmm. And I remember they were saying about it and I was like, I'm sure it'll be fine. Like our factories are in China. And so the we placed an order for Premium Seamless version two. And Premium Seamless is like our um, biggest selling product. Like it's our hyped launches it's when we do those really big events there for seamless which is a obviously seamless Mm -hmm. blend of activewear so people love it and this was our second uh seamless we're up to premium seamless it's called 5.1 so really it's like our sixth seventh Mm -hmm. edition of seamless but this was number two so it was quite a while ago we're still new to it all this was going to be massive for us we were flying influencers for the first time across australia to come to sydney and this was you know when COVID had just hit so we emptied our bank accounts to get as much product as possible of this seamless range and literally emptied our entire bank account to pay for it. And then COVID happened and the shipment was untracked. So our the container that was full of seamless was pretty much missing at sea. China 
was in lockdown, so no one could assist us with tracking. We literally had no idea if the product would actually turn up. And literally our entire bank account was emptied to get this across. So Don and I were freaking out. But I mean, we were like, okay, so what are we going to do next? So I ended up, because we were in lockdown, I ended up modeling the the product Don did the photography because he's a photographer, self-taught photographer as well. And we literally did a lockdown photo shoot. Ended up getting featured in Vogue, which was very cool. Okay. And the product ended up coming and it ended up selling out in sixty seconds. So that was like amazing. Did you just say sixty like, seconds. Say, you just glossed over. You seconds. can't gloss over that. A whole <laughs> we emptied your whole savings into this yeah. range, and then it sold out in sixty seconds. It was insane. Crazy. It's crazy. So we needed more stock. So like, it's it's so funny to think that we had no idea what this, like this shipment was ever going to turn up. Like if it didn't, like Don and I would have had to go back to like full-time work. I will be back in recruitment Mm -hmm. because that was literally every single thing we had for the shipment. It ended up coming and like, honestly, we were, I remember we were like jumping up and down with joy when it, when the truck pulled Mm -hmm. up. So that was, yeah, that was crazy. That was another low, but then it turned into a high. So, which is crazy to think that it was a 60 second sellout. We emptied our entire bank account to get enough stock and then it was gone in 60 seconds and we had sold out. <laughs> so it's just, it's just what, you know what I mean? It's wild. It's a roller coaster. For someone who's not <laughs> a risk taker, that is a big risk yeah. investing all your money. Yeah, I know, right? But it's a, yeah, it's a risk that paid off. And I guess it was calculated, a calculated mm. risk. But until COVID happened, which no one calculated, right? Exactly. No one um, could know that. No. So, I mean, that would have gone completely smooth. We had, like I said, we had models and influencers, and that was the first time we were going to be working with them. You know what I mean? Like now it's something we do quite mm-hmm. often. But at the time I was like, okay, so we've got to book this flight and we're doing this and we're doing a hotel. And like it was all such a big deal. And then the world just closed down. Yeah. And we were like, okay, so plan B, how are we going to make this and work? And you got and those results. We did. You were in photo shoot at home. Yeah, it was insane. Oh, wow. So thank God. <laughs> Very DIY yeah. we Would are. you count that <laughs> as your high or was, is there something else in the journey that really makes you happy? I think that one of my highs, I, it's going to be one of them. There are quite a few highs that I've had. When we did another seamless launch and we had girls from like my girl gang, my followers, our customers, they did a catwalk and they walked on stage with the Veronicas when they, Veronicas were performing at our that's launch. So and like cool. that was cool. Like that's, that's so the cool. kind of stuff that I yeah. love. Like just regular everyday people that we can spoil with these experiences mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, Don and I are just regular everyday people. And it's just really nice to be able to give back to our community like that. I love it. Like when I can invite like my girl gang to like events and stuff, like it's my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Like we can have celebrities there and that, and it's incredible. Don't get me wrong that they attend. My favorite part is literally just like hanging out with like my little girl gang. And I'm just so grateful for them. So that's my high is the community that we've created. But obviously like spotting JLo and our staff. <laughs> yeah, and of course. Lizzo <laughs> is pretty cool too. So. <laughs> that absolutely has to rank in the highs. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, Jesus, you've had a journey. Okay. This has been – I feel like I could talk to you for seven hours about this. I know. It's so good. <laughs> Let's talk about for people who are listening who are in those early days probably doing what you're doing, working before work, on their lunch breaks, after work, doing the hard yards, not seeing, you know, the amount of sales they need to come through every day. And I, hey, I know what it's like. I used to have the Shopify app and then, you know, go ka-ching every time you'd get a sale and, you know, just that, those gritty early days. Any advice for them? I think you hang in there, but 
don't compare yourself like don't compare your journey to like what I just said about like the like JLo wearing our stuff like don't compare your journey to anybody else's and I know that sounds cliche and it's what everybody says but it's the absolute Mm -hmm. truth everybody most people started in the same position that you guys did and you just have to push through but you have to stay unique and I think that is the number one key like when you said like everyone's going online why are you doing uh and why are you doing something in store like well, because it's different. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we need. And there is so much room for everybody as long as you stay true to yourself and stay unique and just keep pushing through. I think looking at the big picture can be so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, I don't make goals. Like Don and I, like this is something we were speaking to someone about. And they're like, what do you mean you don't set goals? And like, we genuinely don't. I just look at making one sale, making the next sale, planning the photo shoot, doing this, doing that. Like I don't think about that big picture. And that might not be what people agree with, but it's definitely something that's helped us because day by day, I'm just doing those little things that are going to keep the business mm-hmm. moving. And I think that's like the number one thing is don't overwhelm yourself with like your dreams and your massive aspirations. Mm-hmm. Just literally focus on making one mm-hmm. sale and then focus on the next yeah. one. Naked Vice Girls said the same thing. It's just one foot in front of the other first step, next yeah. step. Because otherwise you look at the whole staircase and it can be really overwhelming if you just focus on your next move. Totally. That's that's yeah, I think that's the best way to do it is just work through getting through today and then work through getting through tomorrow. Amazing. And if you could look back knowing everything you know now, would you do it again? Yes, absolutely I would. A hundred percent, a hundred percent I would. Take a photo in the times that I hated and do it all again. <laughs> I hate these, but I'll People do a good say- pose. <laughs> Literally, people still say, they're like, can you bring them back? I was like, I'm like, no. <laughs> I do not approve. <laughs> Just strong no. Yep. <laughs> so if people want to know more about you and the Stacks brand, where can they find you on socials? Yeah, so Stacks is StacksOfficial underscore. I, that's Instagram. My Instagram is Matilda underscore Murray underscore. And, yeah, our website is Stacks.com.au. But if you are in Sydney, then definitely come and swing by our pop-up store. It's there for about... I say pop-up store and I think people literally imagine like cardboard boxes, mm-hmm. like a whole mm-hmm. thing. Like it's a proper store. We renovated it. There are change rooms. Like it's a nice place <laughs> to be. It's on, yeah, on King Street and it's going to be there until it's about four to six months at Perfect. the moment. So definitely swing by and check out our stuff. Amazing. And I'll link in the show notes to all of the accounts that Matilda has just mentioned. But thank you so much. I feel like I could talk to you forever. We'll probably keep talking after I hang this up. But thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy to have heard what an incredible roller coaster story you've had. And I wish you all the luck for the future. It's incredible. Thank you, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Behind the Brand. Now, guys, if you love today's episode, I would love if you would leave me a review over on Apple Podcasts. And for your time, I will send you a copy of a press release template that you can use in your small business straight away. So all you need to do is pop onto the Apple Podcasts app, leave a written review, take a screenshot, head over to Instagram and DM it to me over at at behindthebrand.podcast and I will email you your press release template. Sound like a good deal? Talk soon. Talk soon.